to the Basic Income Podcast. I'm Owen Poindexter. And I'm Jim Pugh. We've seen in recent times that basic income has become much more of a topic of conversation, not just in the media, but starting to be within the context of political campaigns as well. In fact, we've just seen a case where one of the candidates in a mayoral race had basic income as part of her policy platform. So we are joined by that candidate today. Her name is Ingrid LaFleur, and she uh, just ran for mayor of Detroit. Welcome, Ingrid. Thank you for having me, Ellen. Ingrid, can you start by just telling us a bit about how did you first hear about and become interested in basic income? Well, uh, it's been on my mind for quite some time. I travel quite a bit, and being in Europe and witnessing, like in Berlin, how so many young people were with children, it was very actually odd. And once I realized that there's a certain amount of euros that you receive per child, I was like, oh, it makes it easier. And that's why I'm seeing more young couples with children in Germany as opposed to in the United States. Um, And then just hearing about how people advocated in Switzerland for universal basic income, um, it just all piqued my interest. And uh, I've Ever since then, I've been trying to figure out, could it happen here in Detroit? So once your interest was was peaked, what brought you from interested to, you know, I think this should happen in the U.S.? For me, specifically when it comes to Detroit, we're facing a 64% poverty rate, and that includes the working poor. And just trying to figure out what are the ways to eradicate the cycle of poverty uh, and It has always been something that was part of my platform, but I have to admit that I was pretty hesitant to bring it out right at the beginning of my race. Um, I wanted to investigate it a little further, figure out how it could function here in Detroit. Um, But after many conversations with people, uh, automation kept coming up and how automation will take over a significant portion of our job. I was really like, okay, we really need to figure out how UBI can work here in in Detroit. Um, but being a curator and an artist running for mayor, you kind of want to ease people into things because it's, I'm already radical right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, uh, given your background is in the arts, it's not in politics, what was it that inspired you to, to get into the race? Well, I've actually been working in arts policy and following it for a number of years. Um, so it's not completely foreign to me. And as an artist, um, all artists actually are quite aware of the politics that are happening. We just speak a different language and we, you know, deal with it in different ways um, than maybe quote-unquote traditional political um, methods. Um, so for me, it wasn't like a, a, a big stretch. Uh, it was more about, should I work outside the system or within the system? And after witnessing so many advocates, uh, presenting really great ideas and our local government is not listening, I just became frustrated. <laughs> also, I, I think that, um, it's important that politicians have the courage to present resolutions that may not be very popular. Um, But it's important because 
people need to know what their options are for solving these issues. Uh, politicians like to stay traditionally within that like comfort zone where they know that they're going to get their votes. Well, I was less concerned about votes. Yes, I want it to win, but um, it, it was more about making sure Detroiters understand the full scope of the issue and the many different ways that we can tackle these challenges that are really hindering our growth on a, on a whole um, for Detroit. So we're always talking about revitalization in Detroit, but I just don't believe that we are revitalizing when 60% of our youth are living in poverty. Um, so just kind of bringing visibility to our issues, but being as solution-oriented as possible, I think, you know, really kind of pushed me to not only run, but run a very particular type of campaign. So on that note of politicians generally being a little bit skittish around big new ideas that they're not sure how voters will react to, uh, how do you think basic income plays as a political issue from someone who, who ran partly on it? So what was really interesting is that I released it right before the primary and the reaction was amazing. People who hadn't publicly stated they were supporting me started to, um, especially men. It was that they really wanted a plan. And, um, and my plan is pretty radical, but it makes sense to so many different people. Uh, and that was really uh, surprising. Uh, I didn't think that it would catch that much attention. And, and even at one of the polling stations, because I would go to different polling stations on election day, um, this older gentleman um, who, who was actually my most difficult, um, I guess, voter to persuade to vote for me. Um, he had to have been 60 plus. Uh, he was like, yes, I know you. You're, you're the universal basic income woman. And he was like, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, and I was like, it's going to happen. We just have to be strategic about it and plan for it. And he was like, they're not going to let us do it unless they're banging at the gates. And what I got gathered from that was it's not that it's a bad idea. It's just that the system won't allow it to happen. Um, and that right there was like, oh, right. So, you know, we're often afraid that voters aren't, going to agree with what we present, but it's less about, um, you know, if it's a good idea or not, it's about, can it actually come into fruition? Um, but I think that, you know, I gained a lot of votes actually because of this plan of action. Um, and, and that was exciting and it created a buzz. It planted the seed and the conversation is still going. Uh, I think that is probably the, my most proudest moment of um, just really widening and expanding the conversation um, around Detroit and our future. Something we've talked a lot about with um, with the Switzerland referendum is that the referendum itself failed, but it really started the conversation. And it's exciting to hear that that made, made a difference in your campaign. I think uh, to your point and to what we were talking about earlier, a lot of politicians are afraid to run on big ideas. And if we have clear examples that actually people get really excited when, when you talk about something bigger, hopefully we'll, we'll start seeing more of that. 
is your sense that the reason people were excited, or at least part of the reason, because it, you were talking about something that was more of a systemic reform? Yeah, I think that um, we're used to hearing the same old kind of solution, but I'm hoping that I was able to put these issues into a particular kind of context. So I do tend to go a little bit deeper, <laughs> and that's when I get really radical. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't um, believe that the institutions in which we're working in um, are really healthy for Detroiters. And when we think about institutional racism, it's really not healthy for Black Detroiters, which is makes up 85% of our city. I think it's time for us to really go past, be brave, be courageous, and implement something new. So you mentioned earlier feedback you've gotten from one voter about his perspective on universal basic income. Were there other experiences you had talking to people, presenting the idea to people that stood out? Yeah, you know, on social media, people just enjoyed that it was a fresh idea. I got a lot of fresh ideas <laughs> um, as a comment. Uh, I, I think we're hungry as voters um, and as citizens, really, to just hear something new. Um, and even if it's not going to happen tomorrow, to know that that's something we can strive for is exciting. It's exciting, right? Um, and and to know that what we're striving for is human-centered, right? It's, it's not about corporations, businesses, and the you know, money situation. Um, it's really about how do we take care of our citizens better and increase the quality of life for everyone. Speaking of something new, uh, your basic income design had something that I don't think I'd seen anywhere else, which is the creation of a local currency called Decoin. So could you just tell us a little bit about how that would work? Yes. Um, so that's something that I'm still investigating. But the idea has always been, how do we strengthen our local economy? I've been trying to figure out, like, okay, you know, how can we, you know, those who are here now really circulate our money and grow that value? Uh, and I just think that it would be really interesting if we created our own digital currency, uh, and I call it the decoin. And um, the way it works is that it's um, a cryptocurrency that would be mined um, or processed by um, city government. And that's how we would make um, revenue because every time a digital currency is processed, there is a little fee. And then the money could go to feed the UBI. Um, and then also, hopefully, um, could feed other areas that we really need, um, especially like youth um, education. Based on your experiences during your campaign, if there are other people around the country who are basic income supporters and are thinking about running for office, is there any advice that you would give them? Definitely try to work out a plan um, of how to fund the UBI. I think that is always the number one question. How are you going to do it? Um, and of course, I, I started at the top. I want everyone to get um, $2,000 a month uh, because I know what my bills are and I keep them pretty low. Uh, so I know, uh, and I, I really think that $2,000 is actually not enough, but 
um, especially as uh, time goes on and inflation's and in, in, right now we have an inflation in real estate market. So all of these things, you know, factor in, but um, just really trying to figure out, okay, I want to get to 2000. So people were like, well, maybe we'll start with $200 a month <laughs> and, you know, kind of having a plan that maybe can um, grow over time and the revenue would come um, that would feed the UBI would come from X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't have to be like perfect or detailed. I don't think anyone expects a candidate to um, be super detailed with their plan because you don't know what it's like to be in office, <laughs> but to be as close to it. So it feels like a realistic endeavor. Um, I think is really important so that people can share that vision with you. And they're like, great. Okay. I see how this works. Um, also really explaining how this will not stop the workforce. <laughs> People will not just start chilling just because they have UBI. People will actually, um, because of the less stress, start investigating um, things that they've always wanted to investigate, um, create, um, learn, educate themselves in different ways. Uh, you know, all of, all of that is super important. And, Reminding people what your your ultimate goal is, uh, and I'm hoping that means that you you want your citizens to be healthy and vibrant and prosperous, um, because that is what makes a a prosperous city or state or or country. So the election's over, but you you started a pretty interesting conversation. So what's next for you? It's hard to stop doing the work once you start. Uh, it, it's really important to me to really see um, Detroiters set an example of how we can really, truly, um, I don't know, live in a way um, that is uh, filled with um, pleasure and joy and, um, yeah, that, that, that we can move beyond this, this hurdle uh, in a way that kind of, it's so innovative <laughs> that, you know, the rest of the world is, is, is impressed and in, in watching and learning from us. Uh, I think that's important, and I'm not alone in this endeavor. That's what's super exciting. There's many, many people here in Detroit who have um, thought about things along the same lines as I have, have um, somewhat maybe, you know, kind of tried to work it out on their own uh, so I'm excited to to join these um, these groups of people um, who have who share the same vision as I do. All right. Well, Ingrid, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you, and thank you, Jen. We've been speaking with Ingrid Lafleur, who just ran a campaign for mayor of Detroit. It's really exciting to see people starting to run on basic income as a central plank of their their campaigns. Yeah, I think particularly the fact that she felt it drove so much more support. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like when folks talk about running for office, you, you have that assumption that you need to immediately become much less radical in your thinking about policies if you're actually going to be a serious contender. But from what we heard from Ingrid, it seems like that that was a huge driver of interest in her campaign. Yeah, it was telling that she only announced her, her basic income platform very shortly before the actual election, but she was still the basic income candidate by election day. 
Um, also very insightful to hear what voters, you know, the, the first questions they had about, you know, like, how are you going to pay for it? And will people quit their jobs? And there's a pretty good wealth of evidence that people don't quit their jobs, at least in the experiments we've seen so far. Yeah, I think the particularly the, the paying for it question, and obviously the, the right answer to that is going to depend what office you're running for, where you are. But it, it was interesting to hear, particularly that, that she came up with uh, a creative solution of, of splitting it between uh, a blockchain-based currency and, and, and money from the government. Um, but I think that's it's an interesting question to consider in, in different places. I also liked your point about keeping in mind why you want a basic income, because cash can turn into anything. And so it's, it's kind of what scares people about the idea of the program is um, who, who knows what, what that money will turn into. But explaining that you want better health outcomes, you want you know, better housing outcomes, you know, whatever it is, um, to have those priorities in mind and always refer back to them, uh, I thought was, was a, an excellent point. Yeah, I think, frankly, that's uh, an important lesson for those of us who are just advocates in this space as well, that once we've learned about and understand and decide to support basic income, oftentimes in our own mind, we think, oh, basic income, that's just a good thing. And remembering when when talking about it to other people to connect it back to why, what are the underlying values that are important to us that actually drive our motivation for, for why this is a critical issue and why we need this. Thank you for listening to the Basic Income Podcast. Thanks to our producer, Eric Davidson. Go head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and leave us a rating or review and subscribe if you're not already. And we'll see you next week.